Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Power ISA, the industry experts in real estate ISAs. Get more appointments. Make sure your follow-up gets done on time and you get the most out of your leads. Get a great ISA for real estate on your team and watch the results roll in. Power ISA has served over 1,200 agents in the U.S. and Canada since 2015, and it's the one-stop shop for everything you need to get a great inside sales agent on your team. Whether it's setting appointments with your internet leads or making outbound prospecting calls to help you get more listings, Power ISA can get it done for you. Visit PowerISA.com forward slash LCA to get started. That's PowerISA.com forward slash LCA. Change how you're seen so that you can charge what you're worth. This was a a line that we just were talking about uh, offline before we got started today. We are bringing back our very good friends with the company called Brandface. Some of you should be familiar if if you're a loyal listener. You already know Tanya and Michael. Uh, So I will not spend too much time introducing them, but I will give them this. Uh, Their business is shifting as should yours. And I think you already know where this is going uh, based on just how I started this thing off and just based on the name of their company. Uh, But their business has shifted uh, how they are strategizing and how they are attracting new clients. And this is so relevant for every single one of you, because if, if if, if I could have this conversation with all of you every single day right now for the next several months, this is what you need. You need to be you need to be shifting and you need to be changing the way you think because the world is evolving. Uh, so we're going to get into that today. Welcome back, Tanya and Michael. It's good to see you guys. Good to see Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. So change how you're seen so you can charge what you're worth. Let me tease that and leave that right there for a second and let you guys do just a quick intro because, again, this is, I think, the fourth time you've been on the podcast. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. And thank you for inviting us back. We didn't ruin it the first three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fooled me three times. We'll see if you can fool me again. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so for, the, for our audience, so, so anybody who's maybe new or it's been a while, just give a quick introduction to who you guys are and then let's get into it. Sure. Okay. My name is Tanya. I am the uh, founder of Brandface. And that basically came as a result of two things. When I entered the radio world back in 1988, I entered from the sales side. Number one, I was knocking on doors and getting them slammed in my face as fast as I could you know, as fast as people could slam the door in my face. And I realized then that if I wanted to be seen differently, I had to change the way I presented myself. At the same time, I was noticing that some people were doing that really well in their individual spaces. So there were business owners in the city that were positioning themselves super well, and they all had one thing in common. Number one, they were rock stars. They were almost always number one in their industry. But number two, they were the face and the voice of their own business, sharing their story, telling their why. They were doing it very effectively. So I spent the next couple of decades not only being a, um, a, a student of that, but also beginning to lead many more into the studio, if you will, to create how they presented themselves to the world. So that's kind of where Brandface came from. And uh, let Michael carry it from here. Yeah, I, uh, I have a background in real estate. And during the mortgage debacle, I, um, I 
teamed up with a company. We went after Bear Stearns residential portfolio when they went under and we auctioned off about three quarters of that and ended up being well over 150,000 transactions. I was personally involved with about 65,000 of those licensed in 33 states, came back to my hometown to open up a brokerage. My marketing stunk. And, um, and that's when I met Tanya and uh, Tanya said, I didn't need marketing. I needed branding. I needed to change uh, the way I was seen so I could charge what I was worth. And during that transformation with my company, uh, we grew to be number one in our space in our area. We're in North of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, now I've got 26 of the greatest agents that you've ever known um, and, and devoted my time after that, realizing something I never realized about myself uh, after she had branded me was that I enjoy helping other people succeed as much as she does. And so now I am currently the COO of uh, Brandface LLC. I'm very proud to be in that position because we get to help people all over the world and the country uh, to brand themselves like we're going to talk to you all about today. I love that. And, and something you just said, which is which is very, I think, critical, and I want to say it again, which is you don't need to market yourself, you need to brand yourself. And our industry, by and large, has it all wrong, whether it's doing video, it's your social content, it's marketing versus branding, it's all of these things. But obviously, this is your specialty. And I want to talk about that. And I brought that up because I want those of you listening today to stop and hear what, what Michael just said. It's not about marketing necessarily. It's about branding. And, and so many of you have been taught wrong. You've got to stop, sit back, think about who taught you, probably a broker or a mentor, and then really sit back and think, do they even know what the hell they're doing? Or do they even do it effectively? Or are they just vomiting what somebody told them? And so let's go down that rabbit hole first, which I think is very good for our audience to hear, Tanya, what you did with Michael which will then kind of tie into the whole topic for today. Yeah. So I want to add one more thing to that. It's like, you know, whoever's taught you this, right? Possibly a broker so forth in the real estate space. But what's, what's teaching everybody out there now are the different people selling their marketing services. There's a big myth out there that, oh, we're going to help you build your brand, build your brand, build your brand, right? We're going to do this through video. We're going to do this through doing a website. We're going to do this through social media, you know, marketing, those kind of things. Those things don't build a brand. Those things promote a brand. And there's a big difference between building the brand and promoting it. So, the importance of of marketing after the brand is built is what we're talking about. Marketing is hugely important, but a lot of people put the cart before the horse, right? Mm -hmm. And marketing should definitely be the cart (laughs) and branding should be your horse. (laughs) So, so, so that, but back to, you know, what, what I did with Michael is, you know, one of the first things I took a look at was what made him very unique in this space. I knew he was very good at real estate investing, um, selling real estate, which he'd done a little bit of that, you know, him himself in terms of just, you know, arm's length transactions. You know, I knew it was excellent at auctioneering. And those were the three things he did, you know, um, at the time. So one of the first things I said to him was, okay, tell me some things that like make you unique. And one of the last things he said was, well, you know, I've sold more residential real estate. I've been involved in more transactions than anybody else in the country. And I said, whoa, stop right there. What does that mean to your customers? And what that means is if he's by that time had already done around or been involved with about 65,000 transactions, it was pretty easy for me to 
equate that to experience. Man, if this guy hasn't seen it all, who has? If he hasn't figured out how to overcome stumbles and challenges that the real estate world brings, who has? So we begin to position him with that tagline, America's top selling real estate auctioneer. And um, and then in the story around his brand, really explaining why that mattered to his customers, which is still exists today on his website. You know, I may have done all of this, but what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of where we started his story. I, I love that, and and I love how you said that too. Which is we're as an industry so quick to run out and brag about what makes us great without putting any context as how that matters to our consumer. And that's, this is like marketing 101 that most of us don't even realize that, you know, you're running out to market what you think you should be marketing or talking about when in reality, the consumer, the audience doesn't give a rat's ass about any of that. You need to be talking to them. I want to add this in because it's really important to all the listeners, uh, because I don't want to lose the listenership of the people that say, well, I haven't sold 65,000. So yeah, what, what, what am I going to do? Okay. I, it doesn't matter if you've never sold a house before in your life. And that's what we teach in Brandface. If you got started yesterday, you just passed your test and you wanted to get into this industry and you want to go to it, there's still something that differentiates you. And then that differentiation needs to be important as the why to your clients. Okay. So I, I definitely want to set that up. I was in the right place at the right time with the right skill set at a, at a time we'll never see again in our lifetime, knock on wood, hopefully. Then, uh, you know, it just happened that way. But you don't have to have that to build an incredible, awesome brand that attracts the people that you want to do business with. But you do have to differentiate yourself. Uh, you do have to change the way you're seen. And you do have to express why that is important to the people you want to talk to. So you guys are having conversations with, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was the next point I was going to ask is, okay, most agents don't have any accolades, let alone that size of accolades. And so when you have an agent that approaches you and says, okay, I I hear your message, I need help, but gosh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer your questions, Tanya. Like, how do you guide them into finding their, you know, their, their shiny object, their shiny stars that differentiates them? So if they don't have the experience, we look at, okay, what kind of life would you like to create for yourself? Not just what kind of real estate agent do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to create for yourself? And personally, what would you like to be known for? So I'll give you an example. One of our trademarked brand identifiers, that's kind of like a tagline or slogan, right, is extra mile agent. Okay. So I was talking with this agent one time what years ago, and she said, I really want to be known for somebody who's really just going to go that extra mile, really going to just do whatever it takes to make sure my client has the best representation possible. Now, of course, we hear that all the time, right? All the time. It's like, oh, the greatest service, you know, all those cliche phrases and words. But what happens when we say, okay, so-and-so is the extra mile agent, and then we tell why that's important to them. What about their life? Put them in a space where that was important that they deliver deliver that kind of service. Because at the end of the day, we don't really care if somebody sold five more homes in our neighborhood. We want the agent who's going to go to bat for us, listen actively and intently and deliver exactly what we want to the best of their ability, take care of us, be our advocate. Extra mile agent to her was the perfect brand identifier. And it was so good that we had so many people asking for it afterward that we actually trademarked it so we could protect them. So that's kind of one 
brand identifier where you don't even have to have any. We have extra mile agents out there who have 25 years of experience, and we have some that have six months. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. So at once, once you got to that point of identifying, and again, going back to changing how Michael was seen, let's, let's go back to that line here real quick. And I would like you to explain what that means to you and what that should mean to our audience, which is, you know, changing how you're seen to charge what you're worth. I think people can identify that, but I think you're an expert. I want to hear it from you. Like, how, how would you, how would you articulate the meaning behind that line? That's a great question, actually. Um, and in the real estate business, you know, we, let me explain to a, an anecdote right here, because we're sort of sticking to, uh, to real estate right here, which is great. I was talking to a lady the other day, a realtor, been a, been a realtor for 25 years in the Atlanta area, in the North Atlanta area. And uh, I said, what do you think about this real estate market right now? And she said, I love it. And I said, you do? And she said, yeah, because I do too. Because they open up uh, these, these kind of shakeups, like interest rates going up. They, they open up opportunity for us, right? They create gaps that you, if you're a smart business person, you look for those gaps and then you get them, right? And you is okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this spot right here. And I'll actually give a free piece of advice to everybody uh, towards the end of the show about that. So anyway, she says, first thing he's going to do is going to weed out a lot of people should have been in the business to begin with. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm with you there. She said, second thing we need to do is we need to charge seven and 8% for our services. Now that might be shocking to a lot of you guys, because, you know, NAR teaches, we're not supposed to say normal. We're not supposed to say standard, right? But if I said to anybody on your show, hey, what do you charge? What are you going to charge? 6%. They're going to give away three, keep three. They might go five. Very seldom will you see somebody go to seven, go to eight. But I know agents that make 8%. I know agents make 10%. And they do that because they change the way they're seen. If you have like or the, in the area where I live, there's a lot of farmland. OK, there's a lot of people who don't want their neighbors mad at them because they're selling out to the builder that's going to build the neighborhood. But they don't want to they don't want to walk away from that million dollars. Right. So there's an agent here in town. A good buddy of mine graduated from the high school down the street from my office, been here forever and ever and ever. He's the go-to guy for that. Everybody knows it. He's on the DL. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get your property sold. There'll probably only be a sign up, ten percent. He charges ten percent. You want you want me to handle this the way it's supposed to be handled, the way you want it. He has his niche. You see what I'm saying? Everybody sees him as the guy that can calm the neighbors down. Everything's gonna be all right. He's going to call the community. He knows the mayor. He knows the city councilman. And so because of that expertise, he can charge what he wants to charge and he gets it. So that's a prime example of how you can change the way you're seen and charge what you're worth, even in our industry that is somewhat standardized. So this goes back to what we asked before, which is comparing themselves to you, Michael. What do you say to the agent who just, you know, so that guy clearly has the experience. He has the connections. He has he has the reasons, but more humans, aka agents in this case, are going to have limiting beliefs and they're going to object as to why they can get away with that. And so what is your response to somebody who thinks like that? Well, we've said it in our book. Tanya did when she wrote it. You know, a, a great brand doesn't just change the way others see you. It changes the way you see yourself. And I think you you nailed it right there, the limiting beliefs. And I know you and I have talked a lot about limiting beliefs being the number one distractor from getting business done and making the money that you want to make in any industry. Our limiting beliefs 
prevent us from doing that? How do you get past that? I never thought of myself as a broker. I never thought of myself as somebody that would help other people build their businesses. I was an entrepreneur that was just interested in, you know, feeding my family and paying my employees. And I didn't think of it that way until after Tanya gave me the brand and after we started working together. And then after she asked me to be a partner in the company, and then all of a sudden it began to like materialize that I really enjoy helping people be successful. And that is really where the brand, I lived up to the brand, got rid of a lot of those limiting belief, uh, beliefs and, and changed, you know, the way that I'm, the way I'm seen. And now I got people asking me to help them with it. And that's what makes the difference. So it doesn't matter where you come from. That's really important for the listenership to understand. It doesn't matter. Like Tanya said, if you just got into real estate yesterday, you have life experiences that are important to other people. And, and Jeff, you can attest to this. How many people say, if you ask them, why did you get into this industry? They said, well, I, I had a bad one. So I got into this, right? Well, there you go. You already found a differentiation. Now, do I think you need to lead with that? No, because too many other people say the same thing. But it's still a, a prime example of, of an experience that caused you to get into the industry, right? But you probably came from something else. You probably were educated in a different way. You know, we've got, we have branded nurses um, that got into the real estate business, got out of the, the medical business for whatever reason, and then said, hey, I want to get into real estate. Well, you know, they're perfect remedies for whatever problems that you have. You can find those differentiations, even if you had, were something else in a past life. And then that's the shiny you build on. But yeah. people are going to do business with you because of what you express to them in a well thought out and built out brand. When, when they see, when they see your, whatever your brand identifier is, okay, when they see that and it makes them stop and pause for a minute and then they Google your name, your name and what it, your story behind that, that built out brand is now what is attracting them. And it's never going to be, I sold five more houses in your neighborhood than anybody else in your neighborhood. I guarantee it's not even I'm number one in the region. I guarantee it. I guarantee it's not even I'm number one. I'm in the top 1% of the world. Those are incredible things and incredible places to reach for. But that's not why people do business with you. I promise you, if you said, hey, I love horses, you'll do a lot more business with other people that love horses than whether or not you were number one in the space or in time that you were at, because it's a connector on a personal level. I love that. Tanya, do you have anything to add to that? I didn't want to, I want to no, take the I, away from you. Oh, no, I, I will. Uh... I'll just give another example of somebody who, or of a brand that, that we developed for somebody that um, doesn't really have anything to do with their level of experience or what they've done in the past. It's based on who they want to help. Um, we have a transition agents all over the country. Transition agents can, are, are helping people transition from one phase of life to another. We have an agent in upstate New York. She's helping people transition out of a lifetime home they've lived in for 30, 40 years into a position where they're ready for assisted living. She's a transition agent there. We have another transition agent in another part of the country who helps people transition downsize, you know, from one luxury home to a smaller luxury home. So you can see how transition can be defined many different ways, but it really doesn't have anything to do with how many homes they've sold or whether or not they're number one in their office. It has to do with what their client is seeking. And I'll never forget the time that the agent in upstate New York called me and said, 
look, I know we're just a week and a half, two weeks into the branding process. She said, but I had to call and tell you this. I've just been introducing myself with transition agent and my elevator pitch. And she said, you wouldn't believe how people stop and look at me and say, oh my gosh, that's what you do. That's exactly where I am in my life right now. I'm in transition. I need your help change the landscape of everything. Just so happened that woman had been in real estate for 21 years, had never sold a million dollar home. And within a few weeks, she sold her first million dollar home. So, you know, that obviously that's not going to happen for everybody. But the point is, she was able to accomplish something she had never been able to accomplish before in 21 years. So it doesn't matter if you're just getting started out or if you have 21 years of experience, you can always focus and really change how you're seen so that you are positioned in a certain spot. What do you say to somebody who says, and, and for the record, I, I, I wholeheartedly endorse this and want to talk about that, but I want to give the, the objection first. The person who says that, whether they're experienced or not, I'm afraid that if I niche down on something very specific, I'm just going to be seen as that. Uh, it's the same concept of you know, you you work in the greater Atlanta area, you want to make sure you can do all of Atlanta, but really your strategy should be niching down on a very smaller community. What what is what do you say to to, uh, to somebody who gives that objection that they're afraid that if they niche down, it's going to pigeonhole them and they're going to lose out on other business? We say if you don't want to make money, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but if you do want to become wealthy for being known for something very specific, it's plain and simple. It's been proven so many times, you know, it's hardly worth talking about anymore. But the point is there are, we literally just finished doing a live video that was also piped into drunk on social um, Facebook group. And that live video talked about exactly that thing. It was it was how to build a brand without boxing yourself in. Mm -hmm. So guys go to drunk on social <laughs> and watch that video, how to brand without boxing yourself in, because it is, it's about asking, you know, some questions. Number one, what do you want to be known for? And then how are you different in that space? And how do you express how you're different in that space? And how do you sell how you're different in that space? Those are the four things you got to be aware of to build a brand that's going to do that and not worry about boxing yourself in. I don't want to be known for just another personal branding company. I don't. I want to be known for unveiling inner stars. I want to be known for helping people change how they're seen and charge what they're worth. And not just people, we want coaches, consultants, and experts, experts in their field like real estate, right? We want to help those people do that so they can be positioned in a place where they can present themselves and their offers uniquely. Yeah. That expansive thought process we're all guilty of. And it's very, it's, it's also, it's natural. And, and, and I've done it. You know, I was a part, uh, I was senior vice president of an international auction company and the largest in uh, the United States. When I broke away from that situation and started an arm's length transaction, I had a natural thought process. Well, I just, I want to take over every state that I've already licensed in. Crazy idea. Like, like, why would you do that? Berkshire Hathaway can't even hardly do it. And they've got all the wealth in the world behind them. Like it's, it's, you know, uh, 130,000 KW agents didn't even make a paycheck in October. 
Like you can't, you have to think smaller. It's a limiting belief to think. We talk to people sometimes they're like, well, if, if I only license this with your company in this town, I'm going to build an international company. I say, no, you're not. That's the very first, that's the, that's the very thing. That's the very next thing out of my mouth is no, you're not. You want to, and I want you to, I really do. But I already know how almost impossible that is, even for somebody huge like Gary Keller. It's like you, there is so much business out here. It's insane. And no one company or person can get a handle on it. They cannot. So the smartest thing that you can do is niche it down, niche it down. I started really making money in the real estate business when I said, this is our territory. Now, if a guy calls me and he says, one of my agents, I'm not a competing broker, but if one of my agents called up and, and called me and said, hey, I want to buy a house in Buckhead, can you do it? Of course I can. Absolutely. Call this lady right here. She'll take care of you. Just did it. Last month, guy calls me up, good friend of mine, known him for a long time. Hey, I want to buy a house in Marietta Country Club. Can you help me? Yes, I absolutely can. Sent the girl down there and she sold it to him. She showed him one property. He closed it a month later. I don't work that territory. I don't advertise in that territory. My company doesn't advertise in that territory. We got all we can handle right up here where we're at, the North area. So when your people start thinking like that, you got to realize you're going to do business with other people. If you are the agent that is known for million-dollar listings and somebody calls you and says, hey, will you list my $250,000 or $300,000 house? And 250s are gone now. But $300,000, $350,000 house, are you going to do it? Sure. But are you going to spend marketing dollars going after them? No. Are you going to build your TikTok videos around them? No. Are you going to build your all your social media around it? No. Are you going to, is your brand going to talk to them? No. So it's not really limiting and you will still get those people that are going to call you up and do business. But when you're putting a dollar in, trying to get $4 out on your marketing, when you want to prove where your marketing's going, your dollars and how to get that out, when you want to know that billboard works, that billboard doesn't, the only way to do that is to have a brand dialed in and speak to those customers you want to talk to in the areas you want to talk to them. I, I mean, I, like I said, and before, and when I asked the question, I, I agree 100%. In fact, uh, even to drive the point home even more, we are really focusing our studies, as everybody knows, you know, Tristan and I focus a lot on studying where social is going. And if you go to the aggregators that we go to for all of our, for all of our news and, and all of the articles and what's happening, I, I tell you that one out of every five is revolved around this is marketing slash social type experts talking about gen z and everything because the youth of america drive the future of social they drive the future of marketing it's what the best marketers study and you as a real estate agent should be also paying attention to that the mistake that most of you make is kind of what we're talking to you know you want to be broad-based How's that worked out for you so far, right? You're not crushing it, but you're afraid if you niche down, it's going to pigeonhole you, but you, you're already not crushing it. So stop thinking that way. <laughs> but the reality is, is if you study these generations, it's changing and they want, they don't want mass reach anymore. They want mass niche. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for community. They're looking to feel accepted. It's not about virality even anymore. It's about dialing in. And you said it, Michael, you, you described it best. You can dial in and focus on, you know, whatever that niche is. And you used a million dollar example. But if you get that 250, 300, you're going to sell it. And that's the reality. The reality is people don't look at your content and say, 
oh, well, they only do million dollar homes. I'm not going to call them. No, they look at you because you're you're so dialed in. Uh, they look at you as the expert, period. And they don't look at it that way. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this is actually a really good, this isn't a topic that we intended to go on, but I think it's a great topic because I do believe that it's the future of marketing, not just in any, in any industry. I do too. Well, it, it no, it's not about. Let's just stay on it for a second. It's not about numbers anymore. You know, we're we're very big in the podcast space. I love the podcast space. I think realtors ought to have podcasts. I think everybody in an industry that wants to have authority needs to have a podcast. Podcasts are not about millions of downloads. Podcasts are about. Could you get twenty people into a room that would listen to what you're telling them? And how much money could you make off of those 20 people? And at the same time, we're seeing all the social medias do that. We're seeing them try to get more community, more, more what is local, what is, you know, Google came up with local services, right? It's, just, it's in their name, local services. And you smart agents out there, you're a part of local services. Heck, the smart landscapers are a part of local services, right? Because, you know, Google was charging us for that space or we had to earn it and then they just gave it to us. You still have to pay for it. Obviously, but you know, and they put us right in between the paid for and the earned, but they call it that for a reason because they're trying to get it to where we are more part of the community that we serve. Because you can have thousands of followers, millions of followers, and that's good, and it, there's nothing wrong with that. But you can also make just as much money if, you're, if your sphere of influence is only a hundred of the right people in your community, you'll make more money than the guy that's got millions of followers. And either serves a bigger community or does it serve the community that he's in? And let me add to that, Jeff, because two decades ago, almost two decades ago, I was um, I started an integrated marketing company. And what was interesting is I had spent the two decades previous to that in the traditional media world, radio, television, newspaper, print of any kind. And when the Internet was coming along, I saw a gap. And the gap was these traditional media companies did not know how to utilize what they called new media for way too many years, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm. So, so they didn't know how to use digital media. And in fact, television owners and, and GMs of newspapers and radio stations would say to me, look, internet's taking all of our money. I don't know what to do. And it's like, wait a minute, you realize no one person owns the internet. Why don't you utilize that? And <laughs> therein lies the gap, right? And so we started an integrated marketing company designed to consult those media outlets. And so what we were talking about almost two decades ago is the shift from mass media to me media. So it was like, okay, take all this mass media reach you have with these television stations and radio stations, project a message out there, drive them online where you go from a one-to-many to a one-to-one -to -one connection. Now take a look at where social media, social media started out to be just social. Now it's all business almost, it seems, right? It, it truly is, but it widened and widened and widened. And now Google and Facebook and everybody's trying to localize social media. So we always go full force at something, it widens, broadens, and then we always rein it back in. So just an interesting thought process of what we're talking about today is that mass media to me media shift. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that too, by the way, because a lot of agents and, and just marketers in general of any business think when they go to social that they're talking to masses. But the reality is 9.9 times out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, you're talking to one person on the other side. Yeah. So when you're saying things like, hey, guys, uh, hey, everyone, shift the message to, as if you're talking to one to one. If you shift that message, you're going to captivate the audience more. Because first of all, we all know better. Like, you, you know, you don't have, I was going to say thousands, hundreds or thousands. You don't have two that are sitting on the other end waiting for you to go live or to go on social media. None of us do. So true. I mean, right. right. Unless we're the rock, right? Or somebody like that. But nobody cares. And so shift the way you talk when you get on that camera as if you're talking to someone across the table and it'll shift the way it comes across and it'll captivate more people and you'll grab more attention. That's the ultimate goal, right? That's a great so takeaway right there. That's a super takeaway for your listeners. Yeah. And it's I, a hard I, shift because they, we still do it sometimes. Yeah, of course. Hey like It's, it's right. habitual like anything else. It but, is. You know, I want to give a shout out to one of our good friends, Sherry Harrington out of uh, Southern California out of Carlsbad. And the reason I want to do that is because Sherry is a quintessential real estate agent that does not do any marketing other than some mail outs in the neighborhood that she wants. But she went into the neighborhood she wanted to dominate that was already dominated, by the way, as y'all know, the story by three other agents that outsold her 10 to one. She was losing listings. She was doing that sort of thing. She came to us, help me with my brand. And we were, and what, what we did. And she did, and she got better and better. But what was fascinating about her was $30 million in sales, not one Zillow lead, not one realtor lead. She didn't buy any lead gen sources. She's not a social media guru. She doesn't have huge followings, but she put together a network. And that network was like, I don't know, 50 people. No. And then it grew to like 100 130, people. I think now. And now it's like 130 people across the nation across the nation. So it's not just in her area, but out of those referrals, half of her sales came from $15 million in sales from those referrals from that tiny of a network. And the reason we love her so much is because she's a quintessential proof that we don't need huge numbers. And, and for those of you realtors who have huge numbers on your TikToks and stuff like that, that's good too. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, and, but that's perfect, you know, but is it making you money? And if it's not, you got to think, okay, how can I monetize this influence? And for those of you who don't have that kind of following, realize that you can monetize a very small influence as that influence grows. And that's the key to it. And branding is the way you start it. How did she go about doing this? What was the strategy? Well, her main, her main strategy, and, I, and I've got permission from her to talk about this, uh, is that she went to uh, military bases and built uh, referral groups from military bases. People always moving in and out of them. So define, and she's find the groups. Like, how was she building these groups of people that wanted to? She put the effort in. She did. She's she inter she personally interviews everybody in the group, and you can't get in her group if if she, if you don't have the acumen that she's looking for. And there's only one in every city. So, for instance, I wanted to recommend somebody to her in the Denver market the other day. She already has somebody in the Denver market that she sends referrals to consistently. Mm -hmm. So, and vice versa. right? And mm -hmm. and so she realized, hey how do you scale a business, right? Well, you can't do it all yourself, but you can help everybody. Mm -hmm. And so in order to help everybody, you've got to have more people that can, more hands at the job. So 
picking those people and the quality of those people is very important to her. And um, she started that process before we met. And then when she, when we branded her, she will tell you in no uncertain terms, it changed her life. Mm -hmm. She said it just, I changed the way that I presented myself and it changed the way she saw herself, which perpetuated everything, which gave her more confidence even. And, um, and, and it all just start, begins there. And then she did start dominating the, the neighborhood that she wanted with the brand. Yeah. And, uh, and because you know, of the yeah. referral network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the referral network was her overall yes. business. Like mm -hmm. half of her business came from that referral network, so that's mm -hmm. the bread and butter. And she's, you know, she's living, she's eating, she's making some money, and then she's smart enough to parlay the brand that we gave her and that to get the foothold in the neighborhood that she couldn't get before. Right, right. So to yeah. give more perspective on this, like she, she has, she's in the Carlsbad area, and she really was having trouble breaking into those super luxury neighborhoods. And mm -hmm. like a lot of agents out there, sure. you know, feel that same thing. And so she said she even started collecting the postcards that she was getting from various people. And she put her last postcard that she had sent out before she contacted us out beside all the other ones. She said, her husband came in and he said, that's terrible. You need to do something. And she said, well, I'm going to talk to this company called Bramface. He said, you just need to do it. <laughs> and she, and so we have him to thank, <laughs> but, uh, but she was so pleased with the turnaround that it literally not just as Michael said earlier, a great brand doesn't just change the way others see you changes the way you see yourself that impacted not only her in those neighborhoods in Carlsbad, where she did arm transactions, it impacted how other people across the country viewed her and wanted to be part of her referral network. So that's how a brand goes from local to national. Wow. And yet still small, you know, I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. uh, most of us have far, I mean, look, think about how many friends you got on Facebook, you know, yeah, most of y'all are capping out at 5,000 like the rest of us. Yeah. How much is it monetizing for you? She's got 130, sold 15 million dollars worth of stuff out of it. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's I mean, that's, you bring up a great point. It's another it's a conversation for another day. But that's that's the intentionality of social media that most people miss out. First of all, they go there and go down rabbit holes anyway. So there's nothing intentional about their social other than it being an entertainment source. But you're right when it comes to an audience like. The only thing I will say, like and when it, as it relates to Facebook, because Facebook's the one place that you can control that you should have between 4,500 and 5,000 potential consumers or referral partners. But most of you have just blindly accepted friend requests all these years. Every single day, and sometimes I'll do multiple in one day, I go through the my birthday list and I look through each individual to see, are they relevant to, to, my, to my market, to my business? Or do I know them personally? If not, gone. I want to clear up that spot for somebody that matters. And it's just over a course of years, I'm cleaning up that number. Plus, I always keep my number below 5,000. So when I go to an event, I can add people, uh, you know, more people can get added in. And I don't think enough people think like that because many of you realtors right. have friends and, you know, you might be in Carlsbad and you've got friends in, you know, St. Louis. What, what good is that going to do you? Use social intentionally. And if they have no potential of referring you business or being a consumer, save that spot for somebody that does. Yeah. yeah I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to, we're, we're getting short on time and I want to go back to the podcasting because Michael, you just touched on that and I agree with you. And it's been a conversation. Podcasting has become, you know, again, we, I started it 
probably just like video before. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just, you know, went to an event. They said, we didn't, we didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome and, to and the club. You, you don't know what you're doing when you do it. Now I've since learned a ton. And, you know, originally I think we might get into podcasting, have no idea what we're doing, realize no one's listening and we're disappointed and we feel like we failed and we just quit because you don't know how to use it because you think, you know, the, the shiny, the shiny numbers, you think Joe Rogan, you think, how do I get to that? That's the point of podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. I mean, I would argue yeah. that podcasting is more about connecting with people that you've met, that you don't have the balls to ask, or they will not give you the time of day because you're, Hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, can I take you out for a cup of coffee? Nobody's got time for that. But when you call them and say, Hey, I'd like you to be on my podcast. And here's why I'd love for you to share my, your story. And then realize that now you get an hour of their time. First of all, you get to pick their brain. You get to learn from them. But then second, you get to create a connection that you wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity to create. That's why you podcast. What do you guys have to say about that? Because you guys are really getting into that space and you're promoting it and the people you coach and talk, talk about that. So I would also like to say that we've gotten a lot of clients out of inviting them on our podcast or us being on their podcasts. Okay. So don't forget when we talk monetization of podcasts, utilize that, leverage that, right? And I'm going to go back to the brand for just a moment because I don't, I think it's extremely difficult to leverage that unless they already are familiar with you and what you stand for before they meet you on the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's when branding really, really helps position you before you even meet that person, right? So so we utilize that a lot. And we also realize that the people that we work with, as I mentioned earlier, the coaches, consultants, experts in their industries, many of them have their own podcast, but even if they don't have their own podcast, they want to, they are a guest on other podcasts or they want to be an expert guest on other podcasts. Yet another thing that branding can set them up for success to do. So podcasting is the ultimate tool right now for establishing authority and making direct connections that can put money in your pocket, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's and, and you know what I think, I think the thing you, you have, that, that anyone listening to this has to wrap their head around, don't think of it as a podcast. Don't think of it as the microphone and the studio. Think of it as networking. That's, Absolutely. Exactly. That's what it is. And it's just, it's just a different vehicle. Like I said, that that makes it easier to connect with people versus the traditional way that nobody has time for anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's the deeper connection vehicle. It truly it is. is because I can't tell you the number of times pe- we've been on somebody's podcast and we'll be talking about you know the brand and how important it is, and we'll say something like you know a lot of coaches out there have all these different products and programs, but they're just sitting on a shelf. They don't, they're not monetizing them. They don't know how to leverage those. They don't know how to position themselves on those offers so that they can maximize the money they could make from them. And we'll end the podcast and they'll say, what you just said, I need help with that. <laughs> like that's, that's me. That's me you're talking to. <laughs> and, um, and it's really important because all we're doing really is sharing our expertise and saying, here's what we help people with. 
not only are we impacting a few people that are going to listen to that podcast, like Michael said, even if it's just 20 people, we've got them in a room, but we're impacting more importantly, that person that we're sitting in front of. And if we can't help them, they might know three or four other people that we can help and vice versa. We give a lot on those podcasts too. At the end of it, the question for us always is how can we help you? Can we introduce you to somebody? Can we help you with something you're can struggling with? Can we connect with? you? Can we help your network? I mean, it, and it is, it's a place of abundance too, which I, I really love. And real estate agents, we, we've struggled with that over the years because we, we see, back to your limiting beliefs, we see real estate as limited. It's not. There's more. Trend. Listen, the, the statistic is 3 million houses short for just our growth rate. Don't even count migratory patterns or immigrants moving in. Don't even count them. Just count our babies that we've had were 3 million houses short. How many of those 3 million houses can you sell? So it's not a place of limited. It's a place of abundance. What I like about podcasting is it, it, they, it really is focused that way. And it, you know, how valuable would it be if you started a podcast in your town and then you had the mayor on? Most of them will come on. They're looking for constituents. If you had 20 people that would vote for them, they'll show up for your podcast. They uh, have your councilman on there. Talk about the new developments. Talk about the new park. Talk about the new school addition. Talk about the new school being built. Talk about the dog kennel. Talk about all of these people. And not only are you reaching the people that you want to reach that when when the podcast over, right, and it's still recording, you say, hey, I'm the realtor who helps people transition. You know, if you know anybody in transition, you could just send them my way. Now you've talked to them. That might be them. And then you're putting it out there, like Jeff says, on social media, the correct way. So you're focusing that, you know, everything that you teach on Drunk on Social, the podcast recording will work for. You can carve it up. You have snippets, soundbite. There's a million places you can go for it. And I know, Jeff, you've had dozens of people that have proven that already. And so I just encourage people to do it. I mean, and, and the thing is this too, is a lot of people look at this and say, well, what does this have to do with my business? If I'm talking to the mayor, I'm talking to the the, the politician, I'm talking to the business owner, they're homeowners too. Sure. And so now it's like, you're creating, you're doing them a favor by promoting whatever it is they want to promote. And yeah, not all of them are going to turn into consumers or customers, but some of those people are going to look at you and be like, Wow, this is really cool. Thank you for doing this for me. Now we open the door for you to put them in to your CRM, drip on them, reach out to them every year to say how how you doing, happy holidays. Now they become somebody who's in your SOI that might become a customer and might refer you because you just gave them something that every other realtor didn't. Because every other realtor calls them and says, "Just wanted to remind you that I'm a realtor, and the best referral you can give me is a recommendation to your friends and family." Like. Stop doing that shit, right? I mean, come from abundance, come from contribution. Great, great way to great way to wind this down. So I'm going to give you guys both the opportunity. Parting thoughts. Parting thoughts are it's really important that if you're not presenting yourself the right way, and you'll know it by the fact that if your life isn't what you want it to be, if you're struggling with something and you're just, you, you feel like all you're doing is chasing your tail. And at the end of the day, you're just not being paid what you're worth. Um, then you need to talk, you need to look at how you're putting yourself out there in the world, because what you put out there is definitely what you get back. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to be poignant. I'm going to go straight for the real estate agents, guys. It's not over. It's don't think for a second it's over. It's like we're, we're going to roll the first of the year. Uh, interest rates are going to be uh, flat again. I'm predicting somewhere in the low fives, maybe even crack five again. Uh, you need to be out there right now. I've increased my marketing budget by 20% this last quarter. Um, we're going to pull off the same December we pulled off last year. So uh, full steam ahead, guys. I'm telling you. Trust me on this. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. This conversation could go on for hours and hours and hours. And and so if you if you need more of this in your life, you need to reach out to Tanya and Michael. How do they connect with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Brandfacestar.com is the best way. Awesome. Brandfacestar.com. Go check it out. Go connect with them. If you need the same help that their realtor friend in Carlsbad needed, and, and I'm listening. Y'all need it. There's very, 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 very few of you that have this dialed in. First of all, I applaud you for listening, but stop just listening and start applying and, and execute and do something. Uh, this is your opportunity to do it. Guys, thank you so much for being on once again. And uh, I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Man, thank you for having us. It's, it's our pleasure. Blast. Always. Today's episode is brought to you by ZBuyer, and ZBuyer offers an unparalleled home buyer and seller lead generation service. It's made by realtors for realtors, which is kind of the cool thing. Since 2003, ZBuyer has been continually perfecting state of the art lead generation pathways. In fact, I've been using them since 2009. And ZBuyer brings motivated home buyers and sellers to you virtually. Visit zbuyer.com forward slash LCA to see how ZBuyer can help you close more deals in 2022. Agents Podcasts.